President-elect Joe Biden has chosen Tom Vilsack to be the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture. Biden plans to nominate Ohio Congresswoman Marsha Fudge to lead the Department of Housing and Urban Development, but he still has multiple cabinet positions to fill. Hello, I'm Jason Dick, and this is The Transition, a special edition of Political Theater. It's Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. The Agriculture Department has an elaborate task coordinating the government regulation of an array of issues from farming to food to forests to rural development. President-elect Joe Biden has tapped a familiar hand to run the department, Tom Vilsack, who is Ag Secretary for both terms of the Obama-Biden administration. He's a former two-term governor of Iowa as well and is a fairly popular Democratic figure. But times are changing, and with them, possibly USDA's mission. Senior writer Ellen Ferguson will discuss the Vilsack pick and some of the issues that he will likely face in the years ahead with me here on The Transition. Ellen Ferguson is CQ Roll Call's senior writer who covers agriculture and trade. Uh, Ellen, uh, we've gotten some news from the incoming Biden administration that they have uh, selected their agriculture secretary, and it is a familiar name. Let's talk about the new uh, designee for agriculture secretary. Well, Tom Vilsack um, was, I think, in the end, the only remaining original member of the President Obama's administration. He served both during both terms of President Obama, so he was there for eight years as agriculture agriculture secretary. He's a former Iowa governor. He's a moderate to centrist Democrat, which is probably one of the reasons he attracted attention from the Biden folks. He's known to Capitol Hill. He has his detractors. Um, you know, Those who criticize him say that he is for the status quo, which is an emphasis on sort of um, bigger agriculture operations, exports, um, and sort of the bureaucracy. Um, but what I would say about Bill Sack is during his term, he did try to shift the department some on by raising things like climate change at a time when he could barely even say the, the phrase climate change because agriculture was so adamantly against it and felt that it was um, parts of agriculture felt as though they were being picked on by the environmentalists. So um, Bill Sack would have to refer to climate change as climate smart, climate smart techniques and, and adaption. So he, he tried to nudge them. He is a supporter of the nutrition programs. Again, an, another criticism against the department is that it's not as nimble or as agile as it should be in responding to, um, to um, vast increases in um, food insecurity or food need. Um, but that's something that Congress has constructed. So that would be something that he and Congress would have to work on. And you know, to give um, the program its due, it has expanded uh, during the pandemic year. There are more than 5 million additional people who are receiving SNAP benefits. Now, the question is whether those monthly benefits, which can only be used for food, are adequate. You know, that may be something he will have to tackle. So he's a familiar face. He's a uh, was very committed to his job, and so he sees himself as a can-do person. And and I wonder about this too. There was there was some 
there was some talk uh, for a little while that Marsha Fudge, uh, who was <clears throat> not, is going to be nominated to be the Housing and Urban Development Secretary, uh, she's a former uh, chairwoman of the Congressional Black Caucus. And I think that some of the, the fo- some of the folks who were saying that she would be a good agriculture secretary were looking for the the department to focus even more on food. And and you mentioned that there has been an expansion because of the pandemic; more people are receiving SNAP benefits. But do you think that we're going to see, even with Vilsack, you know, being you know the a, a more familiar face, a more kind of you know, it's not that much of a leap, you know, from from past agriculture secretaries, um, even with Fudge going to HUD and 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 Vilsack, you know, you know, ostensibly pretty pretty good chance of being confirmed. Uh, he's a familiar face. Do you think that there's going to be an emphasis on lawmakers exploring whether they can make the agriculture department more focused on food, food delivery, food insecurity, these kind of things? Well, it all depends on how you define that. Now, if you have farm state Um, lawmakers looking at it. They're looking at it from the production side. They're looking at it from the mechanics. They're looking at it from something totally different from what um, the anti-hunger, anti-poverty folks would be looking at. Now, they do occasionally, they do overlap at times, uh, but that's usually because they have to compromise in order to move forward. So there might be some examination of that. I know that the um, nutrition community, the anti-hunger folks, have been calling for um, increased monthly benefits for SNAP. Right now, they're arguing for just a temporary increase, something like maybe a year. Um, I think the latest compromise from the bipartisan group of House and Senate members would provide a four-month um, 15% boost in monthly um, benefits. So I think there will be some talk of it. Um, what will come of it, I don't know. But the agriculture department is a huge department, and it covers a range of things. You'd be surprised at what it covers. The Forest Service, for one, right? <laughs> for, well, there's the Forest Service, and then there's smaller programs. They're also responsible for the health and well-being of zoo animals, Um uh, as well as a number of nutrition programs, uh, school meals, um, in addition to uh, SNAP, formerly known as uh, food stamps. They also have a program for um, the elderly. Um, they are involved in international humanitarian food aid. Um, they do agricultural exports. So there are many things that um, uh, Philsack will be juggling and that may be one reason, another reason why um, President-elect Biden went to someone who's kind of familiar with the department. Um, it's both a, um, you know, both a good thing and perhaps a bad thing, but the, the department's huge. And in general, Vilsack, when he's on the Hill, he's going to have a new cast of, of leaders to be working with. We'll have uh, new leaders in both agriculture committees in the House and Senate. So even though he is a familiar face, he'll he'll he won't be dealing with uh, Pat Roberts in the Senate and Colin Peterson in, in the House uh, because uh, Roberts retired and and Peterson lost. Uh, so it could be it could be interesting time uh, for you know for for USDA in particular if they decide to to look at some of these these well, programs. Except that yes, there'll be new chairman and ranking members, but. John Bozeman, who's expected to take over the spot for Pat Roberts, was around when, um, I believe, when Bill Sack was around. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the new chairman of House Agriculture or chairman to be David Scott and the new um, ranking member or Republican, uh, top Republican on the House Agriculture Committee is Glenn Thompson. They both were around when Vilsack was around. So not in those roles, but they are familiar with them. But, you know, different dynamics when you're actually in charge of setting policy and running a committee. So there may be some differences there. All right. Well, Ellen, thank you so much for your insight on this. And we look forward to uh, uh, watching this uh, story as it as it unfolds. Well, it should be interesting. I mean, deja vu or maybe something with a twist. <laughs> Representative Marsha Fudge, an Ohio Democrat, was a potential candidate to fill the Ag Secretary slot that went to Vilsack. One of the reasons she and her allies wanted the USDA slot was her interest in nutrition policy and equality issues. While she didn't get the Ag job, she has been nominated to head the Housing and Urban Development Department. Staff writers Jessica Wehrman and Jim Saxa talk about her background and what she might be able to do if she's in charge of HUD. Congresswoman Marsha Fudge, an Ohio Democrat, is President-elect Joe Biden's pick to head the Housing and Urban Development Department. Uh, It is a a sprawling agency that uh, is usually, uh, you know, in in the headlines one way or another when it comes to some issues uh, that are are, uh, making a lot of news now, like class equality uh, and race. But before we talk about HUD itself, uh, we're going to talk to Jessica Wehrman. Uh, about Marsha Fudge. Uh, she is familiar with uh, the Congresswoman. Uh, she has an Ohio background. The Congresswoman is from uh, the Cleveland area. And then we'll talk to Jim Saxa about a little bit more specifically about HUD uh, and its uh, its role in the federal government. But Jess, let's start with you. Tell us about Marsha Fudge uh, and what kind of uh, what kind of background she brings into a position like this. So Marsha Fudge is a, I guess you could say longtime Cleveland congresswoman. I don't know what we define as long time around here, but she's been here basically since Stephanie Tubbs-Jones died very abruptly of an aneurysm. Tubbs-Jones replaced Louis Stokes. This is a Cleveland African-American Democratic solid district that she represents. And um, while Stokes and Tubbs-Jones were kind of larger than life figures, uh, Fudge is more is very authoritative. She comes across as very, you know, and very knowledgeable and very wonky. And she's had she's created an area of expertise in food and nutrition during her time in the House. Uh, she's always very handily reelected, very seldom challenged. I think she wins with eighty to ninety percent of the vote. Um, she is a former head of the Congressional Black Caucus. And when I saw that nomination go across last night, I thought, well, this is definitely going to be a move to please them. Uh, because many of the issues that the Congressional Black Caucus is interested in are issues that um, will be will touch on HUD. I mean, they're, they're issues of uh, equality, they're issues of you know blight and how to deal with blight in urban areas, and these are issues that she'll have dealt with as well. She's a former mayor of a place called Warrensville Heights, which is a Cleveland suburb, so she has dealt with those issues. Cleveland during the Great Recession had to deal with quite a few um, issues with like. A, a decline in population and blight and, and how to deal with that. And she has also been sort of a voice for, you know, um, socioeconomic equality. So I think you'll see her bring those to the agency. And Jim, um, those, those issues of economic development, urban blight, uh, uh, class issues and so forth, um, this does seem like a fairly um, natural fit for, 
uh, for somebody concerned about those issues, there was talk initially that Marsha Fudge was in the running to be uh, agriculture secretary, which would have put her more in the mo- in the mold of of shaping the nutrition and food, you know, sort of uh, programs and, and issues that that Jess, you know, mentions that was sort of uh, she made her uh, her policy focus in Congress. But what else uh, about this department do we need to know that would, you know, sort of make an easy transition or what else would she be able to work on? Because there's always, you know, there's always a lot about these departments that we don't know uh, that, that, you know, that, uh, that, that kind of come up. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned uh, food security and her desire to be an ag secretary. Uh, HUD deals with the other basic necessity, housing, shelter. Um, it's a $50 billion, um, um, it has a $50 billion budget. And a lot of that money is just redirected to state and local authorities to use on their, uh, public housing programs, their rent assistance programs and, uh, homelessness programs. Um, you know, HUD was created, of Johnson's Great Society and the focus is really, you know, you got to help, uh, people that are struggling um, they, they need food, obviously, like you mentioned, but they also need, you know, a place to lay their head at night. And that's the only way you can really get them going on a path of self-sufficiency. That's the argument. Um, but in addition to that, uh, HUD is the primary regulator of the nation's fair housing uh, laws and a lot of other civil rights legislation that ensure that, you know, minorities, Black Americans uh, will be able to uh, rent a house or, you know, get a home loan mortgage, um, on the same or similar terms as, a uh, a white family. Um, and we're, we're at this point right now that, you know, the, the HUD's been around for, you know, uh, 60 some odd years. And the gap between black and white home ownership is actually the highest it's, it's ever been. So there are a lot of conservatives that say, you know, the programs aren't working. We should scrap a lot of it. Um, what her challenges will be, I believe, coming in as the next HUD secretary will be to address the, the fair housing rules, uh, to make, you know, traverse some of the changes that were made under uh, Donald Trump's secretary of uh, HUD, uh, Ben Carson. Um, and, and try to make a lot of these spending programs that people see, that a lot of conservatives see as boondoggles, into really effective means of addressing some of the equity gaps between uh, white Americans and black Americans and Hispanics. And and Jess, you, you know, you mentioned that the congresswoman was a mayor of a of a Cleveland suburb before, and and you know has experience working with some of the blight. I mean, Cleveland, uh, you know, was at at one point it's kind of you know rebounded in in, in recent years, but it was almost this, a symbol of blight uh, once the steel industry collapsed uh, in the United States. And and it just happens to be, you know, uh, she just happens to be from the Rust Belt. Is this part, you know, do you think this will this could help electorally? Possible if if like that kind of development goes into places like like Cleveland and and gives um, Democrats more of a shot in in places that have been you know might feel sort of passed over they do th- they do really use Cleveland as sort of an example the Cleveland Renaissance that's what some of the you know that's what one of the, the the phrases used about Cleveland they dealt very well with their blight problem they cleared out some they, they cleared out some blighted housing and they managed to sort of re- you know rejuvenate the city that had been really suffering um you know I th- 
one of the things I, I, I think that Joe Biden is going to have a challenge with is discuss is winning the Rust Belt back. Now, he did a good job in Pennsylvania, Michigan, obviously. Ohio is still very much something that he's going to have to deal with in the future. He, he got he got shellacked. And one of the places where he actually got shellacked in Ohio was in Cleveland, where the turnout just wasn't enough to really support. I mean, it, it wasn't enough to support any sort of progress for, for Biden. It was one of the reasons, the low turnout was one of the reasons that Trump did as well as he, he did. Now, I don't know that Fudge is a really huge, large figure like a Tubbs Jones in, she she's definitely known as a, a woman who knows her stuff. She's definitely known as a leader uh, among the CBC. But I think that it's important for her to have a voice in this administration as he's talking, you know, as he's trying to be middle-class Joe, as he's trying to sort of start this build back better movement. I think that because she has such a firsthand knowledge of these issues and, and, and her background is ag, but I think some of that overlaps, as Jim mentioned, with, with some of the other issues we're seeing, particularly in the wake of the pandemic, that I think that her voice will be an authoritative one for him as he sort of talks to the places in, I don't like to use the term Rust Belt. I, I you know, I like to call it the industrial Midwest. It's kind of, a, I'm kind of a homer that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I mean, I think that's one of the, the, you know, they they need to keep talking to those voters, particularly even like labor voters that they've lost quite a few. I mean, labor voters loved Trump for whatever reason. I think he spoke the populist language that they really, that really appealed to them. And I think that being able to institute policies that help some of those, you know, those traditionally Democratic voters will help Biden in the long run. Well, uh, thank you both of you for, uh, you know, t- talking about uh, Marsha Fudge and talking about the department. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, journey in the next couple of years on this. Thank you. Thanks for having us. That's going to do it for this edition of Political Theater's The Transition. On behalf of the CQ Roll Call Newsroom, thank you for listening. Thank you.